This week, we don't care about the new slimes or the Blink-182 lineup, and we take a tropical vacation to the stars. I'm Ryan. I'm Andy. And this is Weekend Rental Podcast, episode 136. Well, I think we got to get right into it. There was, a, there was a direct, a very direct, direct. Everyone wants to talk about it. We got to see the, topic. the Mario movie. You watched it, right? Did you watch it live? Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, I missed it. Okay. But I knew that um, I was about a half hour late to seeing it. Okay. So I stayed offline because I knew that would be an absolute shit storm. As soon as that thing came out. So I avoided, you know, seeing anything online until I actually saw it. And? And hey, it's pretty good. Like the Bowser thing was really good. Yes. Jack Black, Jack nailed Black it. makes a good Bowser. Um, I kind of like the, you know, the comedy that they're doing. If that's kind of the type of comedy they're doing, the whole, the whole movie, that's not bad. Uh, get those little penguins from 64. Yeah, no, 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 I don't want to associate it. They're the penguins from New Super Mario Brothers U. Um, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that's where they're from, not not the 64 game. No, that's no. All, that didn't happen. But, uh, yeah, you think that king is like the baby that you kicked off? <laughs> Probably. <edge>? Probably. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was interesting there was like a whole king, because like, they don't ever, I guess they're, they're taking some liberties, but there's no like kingwin. Kingwin, penguin kingdom. Stuff to say. That's a good name. Kingwin, yeah, it's his name. Yeah, I thought that was cool too. The comedy was good. I also liked how they gave uh, Bowser Jack Black's like crazy eyes, like when you know how Jack Black does like the raised eye thing. Like yeah. Bowser totally does that. So that's cool. Do you think there'll be a tenacious D song in this <sighs> movie? If they're not, they're doing something wrong, right? Yeah, that'd be good. Hopefully covering like fellatio or something, you know, appropriate for children. So, yeah. Uh, so that's really uh, weird that they didn't show Mario at all, though. I was kind of. Yeah, I mean, I liked how it went dark after that. Uh, everything looked promising. Um, And then. Chris Pratt fell out of a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> and crushed our. I think. I think we all had reservations about Chris Pratt, but I think maybe we, I certainly kid myself in thinking that Chris Pratt was going to try or that they were going to manipulate his tone of voice a little, which clearly they did with Bowser makes sense, I guess. But when Mario finally speaks and it's just Chris Pratt talking like, Hey, where, where am, am I? I? Yeah. It's just like, <sighs> so, so close. And, and I, like, if he, he has like more of a Mario, like there is one line that he has a little bit more of a, yeah, but it's like a bad accent. It's like a bad Boston accent. Yeah. But they still didn't like that. Where am I line was the first thing they showed. And it was just like, it's, that's just Chris Pratt. I mean, is the problem here is that the traditional Charles Martinet accent is insensitive to Italians and Italian Americans. Is that like the, the, is that why we can't do it? Is it, he just, I don't get it. Like, 
have you watched the have you watched the video on YouTube where they redo the whole trailer, but they put Martinez voice in for Mario? No, but that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's great. I cried. It was uh, ten out of ten. Yeah, like, best thing I've seen. <sighs> and then you get like a weird thing where it faded out, and then we kind of get like a Luigi's Mansion sort of vibe out of Luigi running for some from from some enemies. Um, I don't know. It still looks great. I'm still going to watch it. I'm excited. The animation, it looks, it looks like a souped up version of like the Odyssey engine or something almost. You know what I mean? Like it's a little more polished, but it's not like outside of this world from what you've seen in like really good oh, sure. cutscenes from Nintendo themselves. Yeah. And everything looks like in world other than, I mean, Mario's face is a little bit off, but sure. not. Not that much. No, his ass is super flat, um, which is weird, but I don't know if you noticed yep. that from the trailer. People were really mad about the lack of meat in his jeans. So. Oh, who wouldn't be? Yeah. You gotta have that fine Italian ass. Yeah. So yeah, at yeah, the end I of the day, know. you still excited? Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna see it for sure. I'm gonna yeah. my kids are really excited about it. Um, I, was, I was debating what we should do is like, I should look and see if they'll offer private screenings for that when it comes out and we could just get a theater for us. Cause I think you can have 20 people in there. It's only like a couple hundred bucks. Oh, really? So if we split it between yeah. families and maybe get a couple other people to pay up. Be fun. That would be cool. Yeah. I watched the, uh, <laughs> did you watch the comic con like live recording some of those videos? No. Yeah. So what was up with that? I mean, it was mostly good, but it was just kind of like people were like, whoa, with the Bowser stuff. And then Mario speaks and it's just kind of like, and then you can hear somebody in the background. He's like, ah, he just, he just talked. You know what I mean? It's like, no, no, <laughs> you know, nobody was booing or anything, but it was just kind of yeah. like, ah, shit. You know, our reaction, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess I, you, I don't know what I want from that either. Like, what can I expect yeah. out of that? I want a little bit more. I mean, but. I here's here's my biggest problem is like I don't like these movies where they think they have to attach a celebrity name to it for the voice acting to be good because that's not what these people do. There are people who professionally voice act for animated films and like they Charles give Martinet. it their all. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Charles Martinet. So it's like they didn't need to do that. The star power is not adding anything other than controversy. And I guarantee you they paid way more for Chris Pratt than he's worth. Jack Black's a different story, right? That guy's got a pretty rich history with animation. Yeah, he can definitely and, do that stuff. Yeah. And it, that's one thing, like the Sonic movie, I think Tails is the original voice actress from yeah. TV shows of Tails, which is, you know, of course, why can't you do that then, you know? Yeah, and I guess, you know, like since we're being nitpicky, the Sonic movie is another case where they didn't use the video game voice actor. But he's closer. Like Sonic doesn't have a defining, like sass is his defining tone, not you know a regional yeah. dialect. I I think you can at least nail his you know voice pretty well throughout you know different attitude, like you said. Still there. I mean, Urkel did it. How long ago? All right, back here talking about Sonic. Yeah, yeah, minor technical difficulties. You're back now. So I don't know. It, it, I think I think that trailer and that direct did more positive than negative. Um, I'm very surprised that we haven't seen like a tie-in announcement for a game. You know, like 
Super Mario the movie the game. Just, <laughs> yeah. just something. Um, maybe that's too Sorry, cheesy. Bob Hoskins. Yeah, maybe that's just too. Go all the way back to them. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Speaking of that, have you seen that guy who's building in Unity? Uh, the like real Mario game, like the movie with Chris Pratt's like figure and everything. Oh no! Oh, you gotta watch it. It's so good. Okay. It's so broken in so many ways too. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Um, it's like the uncanny valley sort of vibe. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, it was cool. I think it's strange that we didn't get even a snippet or a teaser for this thing. You know, considering it's really only what six months away now six ish yeah april it's so. not too far yeah do yes. you think they'll have like a post-credit thing where they're like here's donkey you know here's a, what donkey kong's up to or maybe i mean it's dreamworks and that's they do that in every movie they have yeah where they're not where, it leads what's to wario something. up to yeah oh my god that'd be great just like wario and waluigi like <laughs> playing tennis in the background somewhere i don't know <laughs> would be pretty cool. I don't know. It, it was good. I'm excited. Um, I'll just talk about this one because this topic has nowhere to go. So I'm just going to throw it in right off the top. Other breaking news. One of my favorite bands announced that they're getting back together, even though they didn't break up today. So that's, <laughs> that's cool. Blink-182 brought Tom DeLonge back, which the internet's very excited about, but I'd like to remind the internet that the last two albums with Matt Skiba have been really good and that Tom broke up the band twice before and the last full studio again. Yeah. Their last studio full length album with Tom was just him making blink 182 play angels and airwaves songs. So I'm not as jazzed about this. Plus (laughs) here's the other thing is like production wise blink 182 uses like duplicated, if not quadrupled guitar tracks already. And in a live setting, maybe it would have made sense to become a band with two guitarists and three <laughs> lead singers who can't sing. Cause if you already have two, what's one more? Like, <laughs> Cause then at least Skiba could have played like the last 10 years of songs with them. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. I guess there's, there's probably like a, Hey, do you want to slice the pie four ways or three? But I think there could have been a cool path forward that would have allowed for all of that. That kind of sucks that he's like, Oh yeah, he's, you know, yeah. He gets, well, an alkaline trio is still going strong and they get a new tour coming up. They get a new album coming out. So it's not like the guy's hurting, but it's just weird that, I mean, it's funny too, because this is like the same story, right? Like Travis Barker almost dies in a plane crash. Hey, we're all buddies again. Let's make music. All falls <laughs> to shit again. And then like Mark almost dies from cancer. Like, hey, we're all buddies again. Let's make music. So I don't know. I guess they'll probably do something for a couple of years. So what happened this time? Yeah, Tom like, was actually going to get abducted by yeah, aliens or something. That's what will happen this next time. He'll get abducted, probed, forget most of his uh, <laughs> memories. And then once they recover, they'll put out their their follow-up album. But I don't know. It's just, it kind of just cracked me up. It's like, I was big, like they're, they're back. They, I'm like, they've been here. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You, I, I think if you're a Blink-182 fan and not to put anything, I mean, I like all their music to some extent, but you're either a Tom guy or a Mark guy. And I've always liked Mark's songs better. And Tom has just kind of been the pretentious prick for the last yep. 15 years. Yep. 
And when they put out California and it was Mark just getting to write like quick, stupid, catchy punk songs again. And then like songs about building a pool so he could see naked dudes. I mean, that's all I really <laughs> wanted out of Blink-182. I don't need some philosophical evolution. That's that's not the band I'm going to for that. Yep. <laughs> so there's that. Are they going to be I, anywhere close? Yeah. Did you... Uh, I, I think the my favorite part of that was like the announcement for that like when we were young fest twenty twenty three. Holy crap! Yeah, I saw that. That's yeah. insane. And I love how the two top build headliners are Green Day, who whatever you think of where they're at with music in their career is fine, but they are probably top ten stage shows out there. Uh, and then it will be them and Blink One Eighty Two who. Don't care about who you think, where they are in their career or where you think they're at. They are the worst fucking band live who gives zero shits, has zero energy and can't play or carry a tune on their own songs to save their life. So like, I, I would love to see like at that show, like who's going first and who's actually closing it out and just <laughs> who's closing it. Yeah. The disparity in professionalism is going to be it's shocking. One day, right. It's not like I it's think a so. multi. Yeah. 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 That's like everybody I would have wanted to see when I was 15 though. Oh yeah. And I like how Mike Herrera from MXPX is getting a double dip because both Goldfling Gold Goldfinger and MXPX are playing. So he gets two paydays. Oh, sure. That's pretty nice. Yeah. But then there was I like did some, see like one of them was like Joyce Manor or something like that. Yes, yeah, we saw with open. the descendants. Yeah, right. We're like, oh whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like some odd ones in there too, like Pierce the Veil. I was like, ah, I mean I like their stuff, but that doesn't fit with these guys, but yeah, every everybody half, on there's a banger. Yep, half he, of them. I'm surprised that they're still around. Like that, you can get them to kick. Yes, <laughs> yeah. the one thing I did notice though is like this. There's a distinct gap and lack of um, appearances from Epitaph and Fat Wreck bands. Like, there's not. It's mostly drive-through era stuff, and 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 that there's not a lot of of those other guys. Yeah, so. that's true. I Offspring was Epitaph, right? Yeah, but nope. they were also major. Lay- yeah, I mean they. Yeah. yeah, they they basically funded Epitaph. Is yeah, who else? I was. Yeah, I actually have the picture on my phone. Sadly enough, because they texted us to somebody. Yeah, so yeah, you get the Offspring. Yeah, Finch. They were mainstream. Some Forty One, Simple Plan. So you get like all these like mainstream bigger. Yeah. Newfound Glory. L- okay, Lit is the one that was like, why? How do you fit with any of these? They get the one song out there and then they walk off the stage. Yeah. The one that everybody knows. Reliant K. It's an interesting one too. Wow. I didn't know they were still around. Yeah. And then Motion City Soundtrack, the reformed Oh yeah. The reformed prodigal children of Minneapolis. So they haven't been doing too good since they came back. I haven't heard much about them anyway. Yeah, I didn't even know. Yeah, this is a lot of drive through brand bands. Something corporate, Newfound Glory. I don't know if simple plan yellow card what they were on but it i mean hell of a show yeah if it wasn't in vegas and right over my daughter's birthday <laughs> i'd consider going to that i just feel like i would need a nap after about the first 90 minutes so mm-hmm. it's old you know but yeah that's my that's my punk rock update for this episode like what i do there we go don't care I'm indifferent to it. Yeah. I'm, I don't have high hopes. It'll be fine. Just 
write some more songs about dudes at pools. <laughs> been playing anything uh a little bit um we've been playing well i'll I'll go into this really quick uh we set up a the uh extra xbox one up on my mega game station because you had an extra one because you already had an xbox one x right yep so you have three in the household now yep nice so i have an x an X, an X, Series and a X. one. Yep, an XX one. <laughs> so XXS. Not confusing at all. Yeah. So we set that up and uh, was going to have that as like the kids thing, you know, or, you know, second player or whatever. Uh, booted it up. The kids wanted to play something really quick. Instead of downloading anything, uh, we uh, put on Trials Fusion. Okay. And uh, we were just uh, having fun beating some of your times. No, trials fusion. why would you so, do this to me? Yeah. <laughs> I put a lot of work into those. <laughs> do I have to regain uh, been, my glory from, in the making? Yeah. Was fusion the second one? That was um, pretty early on, right? Third? Like, Man, I don't remember. I feel like it was pretty yeah, early evolu- on. Evolution was the second one. Okay. Yeah. Fusion was the third one. Well, I don't yeah. appreciate that at all. Yep. So uh it's very rude. You have to you have to uh, get back to that. Uh but other than that, we've been uh playing a lot of Slime Rancher too. Okay. Which is more Slime Rancher? Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed in it because it's just that game. And since it's like early access, yeah. it's like it's kind of broken. I've gotten almost like all of the upgrades and I make so much money and I'm to the point where my farm is so big and all my slimes are everywhere that that takes up just entire loop. You just, once you're done with it, you have to start all over again. And that's just not that fun of a game. If you can't go out exploring after a while and I don't know, I think it's kind of a weak follow-up. Maybe they get it to a good place, but I've, I wish they would have, you know, kind of added more to it or I don't know. I think the lack of multiplayer is like the big thing. Cause I read that was like mm, the number yeah. one request they got. And it's just like, maybe you should have just done the first game, but with multiplayer and then tried to make some quality of life improvements. Cause my kids are super disappointed that they can't play it together. They're also yeah pretty pissed that it's not coming to switch or at least Microsoft hasn't announced that they're going to allow it so far. It's been sure xbox exclusive but i don't know yeah they fell off pretty hard yeah and which is really bad for an early access game because it's like i don't know if i'm you know once i finish up the content on it i don't know if i why i would ever come back to it yeah because i don't know there's nothing like new or compelling to it there's a few new slimes maybe but and you wonder how iterative they'll be with updates because it's not like a PC early access build. You know, I'm assuming they're going to want to do fewer updates. It's not going to be as just incremental as like, I feel like with some of those PC early access games, you get updates every couple days, but that, that doesn't work as well on a console. Yeah. And like so. most of those early access games are like build sim or, you know, uh, survival games. Right. right? Yep. Where 
they usually add things to it and you make your base bigger and there's something to drive toward. And it's like this, I don't know where you go from here. You make more area, which is, I guess, kind of cool to explore and see some cool stuff. But what do you put in there? Do you just add more slimes, which it's just like, well, what's. Yeah. How many variety of slime do you get? Yeah. I've already maxed mm. out my money. I've already bought everything. Like what? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the progression is supposed Did to be. Did they add any like enemy types or any like big threat this time? Or is it just kind of like the last game where it's kind of pretty much the same stuff? There's <laughs> uh there's some areas which they attack, which I think that was in the first one. Yeah. And then there's some that like turn into tar things, which you can wash them or spray them with water. Yeah. So they're not really that big of a threat. There's there's just not much of a threat in that game survival yeah that was always anyway. my like watching my kids play the first one was like the biggest down was like well there's no there's so little consequence here you know what i mean yeah you're just existing and farming which i guess maybe that's the vibe they're going for but something to shake the player up now and then would have gone a long way i feel yeah after uh and it's so limiting too like you got three spots and you can hold 20 things in each spot and that, that's most of the game is just you dealing with that limitation, which is which just kind of management shouldn't be the game. Yeah. After playing that, uh, watching my wife play that Disney game, the Disney Dreamlight Valley, where they just, they're just like, you, you want free energy? Just go in your house, do it. You want, you know, to be able to spray your whole yard with water all at once? Sure. Go for it. We don't care. But like that's the type of stuff. It's just like. Yeah, that's what these games need. Like the progression shouldn't be making the game easier or making your game uh, feel better to play. <laughs> right. Yeah. Artificial nuance or like artificial slowdowns due to like restrictions like that. Don't make the game more fun or, or I mean, I, I get that they lengthen it maybe and like make you have to make choices, but it doesn't add enjoyment at all. Yeah. That's just crazy. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty disappointed in it. I thought for sure that that would have been something that, you know, they made a shit ton of money off the first one. Let's make a big budget. Let's go all out for this one. And it's, it's the yeah. same fucking game. I heard it crushed records though. Like they wanted, like they were shooting for like 300,000 downloads in the first day. They did that like inside of the first couple hours. Sure. So. Yeah, I believe it, but I wonder what those, <clears throat> what the drop off is. I bet it's pretty steep because it's, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they like can, the, if just, just feels like the progression is way faster too in this yeah. one. Maybe they'll no man sky it. And in 10 years, for the five people who are still <laughs> dedicated to it, there's going to be an amazing game there. Yep. And it'll get ported to the switch. <laughs> that's, <sighs> that's going to be the, the real version. Could you imagine like playing those games, grabbing the, the PlayStation four version without any updates? And then grab that Switch game and like play them side by side. <laughs> like it would be. Dude, I've been so tempted to go back in there again because I know they've released so many updates, but I waited until I think I bought that game for six bucks, like at a pawn shop within six months of it coming out. I never put it in because it was still broken and I waited a good couple of years. And what was there was cool, but it was still just too much to manage. Like this is too much for fun. And then they added the whole like off world exploration, like different people to run into and you're like oh yeah this could be really great but i don't know i think so this last update i think they added a mode where it's like it takes you can switch off the uh resource stuff good so you well, could maybe just I'll need to do you know, it then 
infinitely gather stuff and you know just do all that stuff because yeah, that's do the, fun, the exploration that's what you're there for right yep not the yep. constant fear of being killed by laser freaking things or just constantly be like oh my gun's out of energy yeah. i need to go get carbon and all that other shit yep yeah that was the thing it was always something you solve one problem you're on to like three more yep with the Oofta. And that was a very Midwest thing of me to say right there. I don't Oofta. think I've said Ufta casually in a conversation forever, but I'm glad I <laughs> saved it for this podcast. You're welcome, folks. Uh, <laughs> well, since we're talking about um, Game Pass, we should go into uh, the, the question that was posed to us on Twitter, I think, um, by Chris Nintendo Hodge R3 co-host the ramble recorder pete podcast uh he he threw out a question to us that we should talk about he, he wanted us to cover this in our next episode so there's a few questions here it's game pass related though so i'll read through them all and we kind of dissect them it's it's do you feel that game pass hurts the release of games in the press it receives or or of a game in the press it receives um thinking of new or now older games like Battletoads, uh, they released that didn't get their fair shake. Um, if something like that, if these games were physical, I think people would have grabbed it. Um, the first part, I guess. Do you think it hurts the press it receives? It's interesting. I think it puts a different label on it. Um, I think out of the gate, it might actually get more press. I mean, just yeah. look at the games that we end up playing just because they're on game pass. Right. That I probably would have never found or never played. But in the long term, I think they're viewed as disposable and kind of like forgotten about just like Battletoads. Like you said, like yeah. I played that game and, you know, had it played it for a couple of weeks or whatever. And then it was off my Xbox and, never thought about it again. Yeah. You know? And I, I think like, I think it's very dependent on the IP and the game for, for me with this question. I think, <clears throat> I think there's a perception because Microsoft is good about day and date with a lot of stuff, especially their own titles. I do think there is a perception that a major landmark AAA release is somewhat devalued in the sense that it's immediately on game pass. Um, and it's, it's a lesser of a game. Um, I think there's kind of that perception, whether or not that's true. I don't know. I, I think it pushes it in front of more people though, it, you know, within the Microsoft ecosystem. But then I think there's the other case too, where <clears throat> you get an indie game that might've gone out and it might've found an audience or it might've been a slow burn and it took years to build into something and in this isn't a game pass game, but like, let's look at rocket league. If rocket league hadn't been immediately free on the day it launched on PlayStation network, would we still be talking about rocket league? And I think the answer to that is right. No, or at least not in the context that we are. So I think depending on the type of game you are and your business model, um, I think there's a lot for like, and I heard a statistic on like tunic, right? Like tunic, Everybody knows about Tunic mostly because it hit Game Pass right away. And it, you know, the games press, I think that's the other benefit is like 
if it doesn't get a bunch of billing from Microsoft, the games press at least picks this up and everybody's talking about the new, we do it too. The new things you're playing on game pass that week. So at least gets this huge word of mouth thing. And I read a statistic where like, I believe it was the tunic people were saying like 70% of their player base was through Microsoft. Now revenue wise, because of the deal they made with game pass, it was nowhere near that, right? Like the, their biggest revenue source was actually driving from the switch, but think about how many eyes that is. And then what that allows you to do as far as like capitalizing through other sources of revenue. So I don't know. I think, I think it's both. I think it can hurt but I think it elevates certain games uh, greatly. Yeah, for sure. I I think it hurts him in the long term, though, too, because I just think that there's no investment in it, right? Yeah. It's just disposable at that point. Yeah. Um, That's the same reason why I wonder about Netflix movie. You know, we, we hold on to these Jurassic parks and all these, monumental movies from our childhood and you know watch them again and show our kids and all this stuff and it's like netflix movies what do you like right they're just disposable you watch them and then everybody talks about them for a week and then and then uh who is the last person talking about you know we should watch bird box again no you shouldn't um (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean yeah i know it's a good point i mean you're exactly right like yeah Nobody's nobody's going back to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's and I think it really depends on who you're up against too. Um we'll say right now there's a lot of games on there at as we speak that I would love to put more time into. And I just not just not finding the time for mm, it. Sure. And the funny thing is it's it's taking away from the bigger games. Like I'm not starting Deathloop. I'm not playing Danganronpa three. I'm not, you know, yeah. doing these big long epic big budget games. Um, but at the same time, you download Spider Hack and be like, this is really cool. And you just don't end up doing too much more with it. Right. Even though it's an awesome idea. It's just what's going on in you know all these other ones it's it could be a i I wonder what the strategy is there like if there's some internal thing where indies be like hey we'll sign up for it but we want to be you know know what we're up against and right maybe that doesn't matter maybe they just get paid whatever out of the gate doesn't matter i'm sure it's tougher for these indie studios to get the fair shake right like you know they're not getting the bucks that that you know, and that was one of the other topics I was going to talk about was like Arc, for example, it was recently just released that PlayStation Network to have it as the free game for five weeks, paid $3.5 million to the developers of Arc. You know, that's a lot of money and not a lot of games are drawing, you know, these little games are not drawing that. So, oh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. it's tough for these smaller studios to get a quote unquote because they're getting a fair deal because they're getting a lump sum, right? Like that's the gamble is you don't know. You're getting a lump lump sum based on what you're hoping to get, which is probably like they probably calculate a percentage of like, well, this is where we think we'd be, but this is the exposure we'll get. But there's a chance it goes nuts. Right? There's a chance like Tunic's a great oh, yeah. example. There's a chance it becomes huge. And but I don't know. How do you quantify that? Because how many people would have played it had they had to pay for it? You know, um, 
and I, you know, I think what's tough is like, um, his example here of, of, of battle toads, you know, would that have gotten a fair shake? Would it have done better if there was physical? That's, that's the impossible type of game to predict, right? Like one, there's nostalgia for it in a certain subset of collectors, right? Two, the remake, I'm sorry, wasn't that good. Um, it was entertaining. It was okay. It was entertaining it was- enough, right? But then there's the wild card in that scenario where people who are nostalgic for battle toads are nostalgic for it on Nintendo, Nintendo platforms. Right. So had that released on switch physically, I guarantee you it would have done gangbusters. Right. Yeah. Where it probably just kind of fell to the side in the Xbox marketplace. So, yeah, I, I think, I think there could have, and there could have been some benefit. Um, to that particular game. I think it's a weird case though. I don't think a lot of games hit the nostalgia, the tie back to a certain company and the sort of retro collector market. Right. Cause it's kind of where that would have fallen. Yeah. So I, I don't know. The one thing that is nice for developers getting on game pass is they can completely avoid the topic of, is this worth my dollar? Yeah. Um, and I think that's something like Battletoads. Like, what would you price that at physically to get a wide, to cast a wide net of people for that game? Because yeah. I mean, you could you could have charged fifty bucks. You could. And you or, get the you get the people that yeah buy it, and half of those people probably don't even open it. They're I'd just been, like, oh, here's my Battletoads sealed copy, you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then it would have had the Nintendo tax, so it probably would have been over sure. thirty. Which I feel like that game. If you're paying over 30 for that, something's wrong. Yeah. Basically. But that, that's but just me. I'm, I'm 20 bucks. Jaded. Yeah. If it was 20 bucks in the value bin. Right. Right out the gate on physical. Yeah. I could see it having longer legs, you know, pun intended. Yeah. But then, yeah, like, you know, that's it. But then, okay. So let's, that, that's a weird example. Let's talk about another game like that you just mentioned, a new one that just came out newer in indie space, Spider Heck. Like, that's a perfect example of a game that, I think 100% benefits from being on Game Pass. I would have never heard about it otherwise. It's a very fun mm-hmm. pick up and play game. Um, but realistically, I don't think most people would have ever touched this thing unless it had gotten to the point where it was on a Steam sale and somebody's like, here's the 10 games you should buy for under like a dollar fifty. You know what I mean? It, it yeah, would have just died. That, it would have been an obscurity. That, that game you need one person to have it and say, let's play this game. And then the year, the, the tree branches out from there, yes. you know, cause that's, that's the rocket league. That's the fall guys stuff where yeah, you get hooked on that type of multiplayer stuff. And uh, yeah, that game is a lot of fun. My kids are having a pretty good time with it too, but uh, yeah. And I think there is the argument to be made and I think it's, 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 in a certain type of crowd. Cause I think depending on what age you are and like how you look at physical versus digital, I think there is a certain group of people who will use game pass. Um, just like even like a Netflix to find games that they absolutely fall in love with. And then as a result of that, seek them out physically. It doesn't matter that they've got the digital, op- you know, they want the tangible thing and like they want to support the developer and they just don't want to lose that game. 
Um, so I think there, I think it's a very small percentage of what happens in reality, but I think there's something to be said for, there are a certain, there's a certain demographic of people who are going to go and buy the physical game anyway, even though it's on game pass and they might not have never, they might've never discovered it otherwise. So. Yeah. That's I will say something like spider hack really sucks if it leaves game pass, because that is the type of game where I have people over and, uh, Let's play Nidhogg. Let's play Towerfall. Let's yes. play. It is very Nidhogg. I darp. Yes. It's it's all those type of games, you know, that you just want to be like, okay, yeah. And I'd rather have those digital too because you can just quickly get them up and going quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that would really suck if be like, okay, let's play Spider Hack, and then w- one day it's gone. Yeah, well, and it's so great too with a game that's got like an online component like that too because. Now uh, that little indie game isn't fighting for like trying to carve out a niche audience of like the 10 people who are going to play it all day. Like, yeah, you're pretty much guaranteed that there's gonna be a couple hundred people online in that thing, even if it's at the bottom of like everyone's list on Game Pass. So. Yeah, well. It's an interesting topic, Chris, hopefully we. Uh, answered it somewhat intelligently and didn't ramble too much, but it's it's a tough question. It's a tough thing to quantify, I think. Like it's very game and situation dependent, but it is going to forever. I will say, I do think it's going to be forever change how games are purchased physically. I think it's, I think it's already skewing. I can tell you as a collector that I will not and have no intention and have not bought an Xbox series game and physical game. And I, I don't plan to. Yeah. Um, I own one. It was, it was gifted to me. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what you would, at this point, what you would buy. You know, maybe some of the third-party stuff that you want to play right away, but yeah. yeah I don't if know. I want it physically, I usually gravitate towards Switch. Like, that's where I buy things physically now, and that's, even now, I don't do too much. At least new games, right? Yep. That yeah. said, hey, more options better, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like, someday <clears throat> it'll suck that Battletoads is just gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're, we're collectors. We, we do it as much out of preservation as we do out of like love for the the games, right? Like you should always be able to get at a game. They shouldn't disappear to time. They shouldn't be wiped away because Google closes stadia. They shouldn't, you know what I mean? Uh, actually that's this is great transition and, um, interesting topic. So I, I, I read this, this is mind blowing given kind of like, we're talking about game pass and updates and, and, you know, beta builds. I found out there was an interview. I was reading an article that um, Microsoft was so focused on backwards compatibility and gaming with uh, windows 95 coming off of like three, whatever um, that they discovered that there was an open glitch left in sim city that pointed to an open memory loop that didn't matter on previous versions of DOS, but would crash it on 95. <laughs> so I shit you not Microsoft baked in into the OS, the solution to correct a game bug because it was that important to them. So the OS wow. is actually baked in patched just to run SimCity. Because back then it was ridiculous to think that a developer would go back in and modify a released product to run on a different platform. Right. Like, think about that. Wow. 
That's nuts. That's that's yeah, on the service wow, on the OS level to do something like that. Yeah. I mean, it just it's unbelievable. It's co- the complete opposite way of how the business works these days. Yeah. Like they just knew that they couldn't deal with the outrage of people not being able to play this massively popular game, so they just took it upon themselves to just put it right in there. So 90 Windows 95 looks for SimCity. If it looks for SimCity, it corrects how it does the logic so that it doesn't crash your game. It's, I want to see the comment in the code there. That's like mm, SimCity right here. Dude, it's such an awesome story. Like so crazy. Huh. So crazy. I wonder, wow. I wonder. Especially because we live huh. in a world now where like people just sometimes choose not to patch a game at all. Like, yeah, we acknowledge it. It's like, look at that Fez asshole. Like he never fixed the, the game breaking glitch because he's like, no, they want too much money. You And then he gets mad at the fans. Like you don't fucking deserve it. And, ugh. but they oh, did. Yeah, it. I totally forgot about that. Wow. Yeah. That guy fell hard. Yeah. I w- they can't uh, be charging that much for patches at this point. Right. Like, I don't know. Well, he was always saying like PlayStation would be like $10,000 for a patch or so. I can't imagine. Right. Like that. Like, don't you want your customers to have a better experience for all of your stuff? Yeah. Right. And every game ships broken. So every developer's inevitably doing a day one patch. I yep. can't imagine they're charging as much as you would, or they may be used to, but yeah. Interesting. Fun fact. I thought it was kind of mind blowing how the state of the interest industry has gone <laughs> from the early nineties to now. Huh? Yeah. So have you heard about this, uh, I don't remember where I heard it. They were talking about how new graphics cards can use new software, this new software to go into old direct X games and mm-hmm. like use AI to up res the entire thing really and like you can change the material of what the, the 3d stuff is and is this where that guy was posting like the virtual virtual fighter like up res and like you look like an actual woman on the cover maybe it may who knows yeah I mean, it could be yeah. but it's it's wild that uh this is all open stuff that you if you know with enough work that you could go in and just like remake these games yeah that is wild. Yeah. If you can find the the tech and get your hands on it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Still supplies constraints, I suppose. Mm. Dude, that's nuts. Be cool to see what some people could come up with. I'm sure lots of cease and desist letters will follow. How good can we make Skyrim again? Don't. Don't. Just let it <laughs> let Skyrim die. <laughs> Sky Skyrim ray traced it. <laughs> uh, did you speaking of like game art? Uh, did you see that somebody discovered like an early uh, calendar or not calendar uh, advertising? Like, I assume it was for stores. Uh, Mock up of black like black box games, and there was actually oh, original yeah. black box art for Legend of Zelda and Punch Out. Which the punch out one looked weird, but the Legend of yeah. Zelda one looked very fitting. But also, holy shit, can you imagine rewriting our childhoods and not having that iconic gold box with the hole in it so you could see you were getting the gold, the gold cartridge? Card. Like, would you have cared looking at that? Like, 
weird zoomed out dungeon and <laughs> link. I don't know. It didn't look good. What was, what do you think the first, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you could research this and find out, but what was the first non black box? Oh, this is a great question. Nintendo game. Like Zelda's gotta be pretty close. I would imagine. Yeah. Awkward silence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I Let's wonder see. what that would uh I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna find it right now, but that would be so you're you're saying first party, which one was the first one to get the treatment? Yeah. Yeah, it had to be close. Mike Tyson's punch out or that, right? My Mike Tyson's punch out came out in eighty six right maybe i'm gonna be talking people are gonna be getting mad at us just talking yeah. about their butts now they're gonna be mad that i'm googling stuff while i'm supposed to be talking <laughs> yeah i don't know uh that punch out one is messed up so 87 <laughs> it says yeah yeah i didn't okay. like that well it didn't even fit with the black box motif right it was just like this weird yeah screenshot so yeah i bet you're right zelda's got to be close metroid didn't have it zelda would have released before mike tyson right i bet yeah somebody let us know somebody google it and email us and tell us how stupid we are why didn't they all become gold cards after that i know just make them all gold why not other colors why stop just at gold well they they did that in the 64 era. <laughs> wow, okay, that's fair. Did you see that image going around from like that the early 2000s were wild? It's like George Foreman grills that all had like different colored see-through tops. Well, I, oh, come on, let's be real. Like <laughs> that was all Apple's fault, right? Like Apple kicked yeah. that whole thing off and Nintendo just yeah. followed suit mostly because they couldn't sell those terrible consoles. <laughs> I saw some jackass on Twitter today was like screenshotted in a 64 in a Dreamcast. He's like, everyone talks about the rivalry or blah, blah, blah. But the last real rivalry was between the Dreamcast and the 64. Like, no. What? They, that, they didn't go head to head, you dickhead. Like, there was a Sega Saturn. I was like, also, everyone knows that like the Dreamcast was like up against the PlayStation 2. Yeah. The PlayStation 2 was the over looming cloud in the sky that just crushed any chance that console had because i mean the dreamcast was the huge dreamcast ver- it was the dreamcast versus the console that didn't even exist yeah yet. yeah the dreamcast had the largest video game opening day sales i think it was like two hundred thousand units almost historical monumental event and then all of us myself included went like yeah but the playstation 2 is gonna be better and we just waited yep. six months yep and it sucked because the dreamcast was great but yeah, let's not pretend that it was going up against the 64. The 64 was still around, but I think it was dead. Yeah. I mean, I guess I remember like Conquer's Bad Fur Day or something like that. Yeah. In the same time, Dreamcast. But that was just kind of at the end of it. For sure. Plus, I mean, let's not. We don't want to give the 64 any credit going up against anybody that that dog lost every race it was in. 
So, well, <laughs> except the Saturn, I guess. But. Hey, that thing was huge in Japan. Saturn had a Damn. long, long, long life in Japan. Did gangbusters. Yeah. So it's like a, it's one of those, uh, so I guess if we're 90s going, metal bands, yeah, if we're going by that rating system, I guess the <laughs> Sega Master System is the true champion because that's still being bought and sold in Brazil somewhere. <laughs> yep. Again, where metal is really popular. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man. Well, what do you get? Any other? It's this hard space shipbreaker. Oh yeah, that was a, another uh Game Pass game where you are uh you work for a salvage company. Okay. Uh sal- salvaging spaceships. Like derelict spaceships. It's the shipbreaker, I guess. Yeah. So you go out there and uh you know, use a plasma cutter, cut it apart and throw different pieces in the places that they're supposed to go to. So is this um, a like this is not like super realistic like a power wash sim, you're not like slowly painfully it's kind of like oh, no. that. Why? Why um, more of those? It's, I I would say it's in the same vein that you're just kind of relaxing and just doing this monotonous thing. Okay. Um. However, this is way more. Uh, the controls are way harder to get used to because obviously space. you're floating around in space. Um, and it kind of stays true to that. So you're trying to operate. You know all these different tools. Uh, to rip ships apart and throw pieces of metal around in the in space while uh, maneuvering, it it gets a little uh, disorienting. Mm. And uh, I don't know. I I would say it probably works better on a PC. I haven't tried it on there, but most controls, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Interesting. I might have to check that one out. One last yeah nugget of uh, I'll just throw this out there because I forgot bring it up but like another xbox nugget of uh strangeness is did you see they're patching uh the quest 2 or the meta 2 or meta quest 2 uh, is going to get a xcloud app and then you can pair your 360 or your xbox controllers to your quest and really play xbox games oh, okay in a headset for i don't know why but- yeah uh, well, so i was like oh, who's this for like i love playing xbox games only for an hour at a time. And I like looking like a raccoon for 20 minutes after I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Like convenient. I don't know. It's someone will use it, I guess. Mm. Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Sadly. His uh, new avatar just dropped tonight. Oh, they, he doesn't Looks look like, like a, like weird, uh, like Disney character it, anymore. No, he looks more like a uh, a me. Probably oh, that, more like that's a, not a step a in the me. right direction. Not even like a me, like not even Nintendo made one. It's like a, uh, I don't know, a Carnival Games looking no. guy. That's not the future. Nobody wants that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. The metaverse is not going to be a fun place, is it? No. Time for staff picks. I think so. How we need to come up with like a catchy way to introduce this, like a jingle, like time for the video rental staff picks. Yeah. It's what we do when we're not playing with our dicks. 
but in jingle form. You know what I mean? Yep. Okay. That, well, that was just a beta version. If somebody's got some actual suggestions. Workshop it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think you should go first on this one. Because I want to, I'm really curious on uh, yeah. yours here. Okay. Well, staff picks. Obviously, we're we're making a play back to the rental stores, right? So one other staff picks. Mine's going to be my pick for this episode. I don't even know if this is an endorsement sort of pick or just like I want to subject people to my torture. I watched the monsters or the monsters. Uh, okay, boomer. Yeah. Yeah, the the Rob Zombie directed straight to Netflix because there's no DVDs anymore. Uh, reimagining of a classic black and white and into the color era television sitcom about a family of monsters. Um, this is sort of an origin story take. I think everyone saw the trailer a while back and was like, "Boy, that looks." Not great. Um, and I was one of those people and I was like, well, how bad could it be? And it's worse than you thought. Um, allegedly the studio would not let him shoot it in black and white. I think that would have actually added quite a bit to this movie. So um, he's like, I'm going to use every color. Yeah. So possible. what he did was like, I'll do the opposite of that. And you just like <laughs> hyper colorized everything. Right. So it's like a weird take on like technicolor where it's like colors that shouldn't exist and they pop and like every room is green lit or blue lit or purple lit. Uh, and the the real problem here is probably the budget. Um, and I'm not trying to be mean, but a little bit like incompetence as far as like directing goes. Like I would argue that nothing Rob Zombie has made is great. Um, maybe like, but they had budgets, right? But devil's rejects was pretty good. I still think his Halloween movies are some of the worst of all the Halloween movies, but they were okay, I guess. Um, but where it falls apart and it tends to always fall apart is his insistence on using Sherry moon zombie, his wife in everything. Cause she's not an actress, even though he's trying to make her one. It worked for resident evil. Yeah. So well, yeah, it was, that was, yes. Uh, so I would argue that it's Lily monster. She, she's, she's even passable, right? She's passable in this role where they screwed the pooch was their casting for, um, what's the main guy? I can't even remember the main Herman Herman. Yes. Herman. Uh, the guy they cast for Herman, like complete, I don't know if he just has never seen the monsters or if it's just bad writing. I can't imagine the writing's that bad, but he just plays like this weird, like egotistical kind of dickish character who isn't, it's so far removed from what that role is in the series that it just kind of, it really takes the whole movie down. So does he even have the laugh? He like, tries to do it, but okay. it's always horribly inappropriately timed. Like he gets brought to life and then he does like a, he's supposed to perform like hat tricks or like, you know, magic. He's, they get him on a TV show. Like once his character is introduced, then he just goes into like telling bad dad jokes and then somehow he becomes a rock star. And then I don't know. And then somehow Lily's looking for someone to marry. And then like, he's a big celebrity and he's, 
kind of a douchebag and a tool. I don't know. It just doesn't work. Her dad, like the, the, I don't know, what do they even call him? Like Papa, the Count. Just the Grandpa? Count, yeah. Grandpa, Grandpa. Okay. yeah, I don't know. But that actor is very good and fits in with the dynamic. Um, and clearly, like, I remember that show from being a kid and enjoying it, but given, as you can tell, my ability to, like, not remember characters' names, it wasn't, wasn't like, a huge impact on my life. But, yeah, it's such a departure. And then the fact that they're just trying to use it as, like, an origin story and it's this bad sort of love story where they really don't have any chemistry, mostly, again, because the guy who plays Herman just sucks. Um, and it's not outright laugh out loud funny. Um, there's They don't even get to the point where they introduce them having kids. The movie literally just ends with, because Herman's, a, I'm going to, spoiler alert. <laughs> wait, wait, the werewolf kid isn't in it? No, 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 they don't have kids. They don't have the niece. Nobody. So the movie ends basically in the last 15 minutes of the episode, you get to the iconic house and that's about where the movie ends. Um, so this winding plot of them falling in love, moving to America because Herman's an egotistical prick. And he thinks he's going to be a big Hollywood big shot. That's why they move cross country. Anyway, <laughs> spoiler alert for anyone who wants to suffer through this. And I recommend you do. Um, do you mind if I spoil it? No, I'm okay. Go ahead. So Herman's brother-in-law gets him to sign away the rights to uh, his father-in-law's house, which Herman does screws over the entire family. Uh, and then the brother-in-law gets paid like a couple thousand bucks, right from the whole deal. And nobody, and so they're out on their ass. They're homeless. They need to find this new house. Uh, they somehow secure this house. And then at the very end of the movie, they all walk out from the iconic house uh, and the brother-in-law, who's basically just got a bit part, comes back with, hey, Herman, uh, I here's your share from the the deal we talked about. Because, like, and why would he get the money? It wasn't his house. It was his father-in-law's. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so he's like, I went to the casino first. Here's your share. And they don't show you what, like, the check says. He's like, I'm filthy, stinking rich. And then, like, the brother-in-law starts throwing dollar bills in the air. And then they're all dancing around the front lawn. And that's literally how the movie ends. <laughs> celebration out of like falling backwards into money from Herman screwing over his wife and father-in-law. That's the plot. Wow. Yep. Uh so just you know besides all of the you know low budget looks like it's taped on a camcorder yeah style. I mean I the color stuff, the the extreme color, yeah. I think is kind of cool. I like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's it's not for everybody, obviously, but I I kind of dig that part. If you're going to do something weird, yeah. But I mean, I think we're generously aware of the monsters. Like somebody even our age, I think we know more about the monsters than the average thirty five, forty year old people. So yeah who the hell is this for? Cause anybody over 60 is not going to watch this. So are you targeting somebody who's just like 50 and they watched it as a kid or something? I, it's I don't weird. know. Well, it's so family friendly. Like it's the only PG Rob Zombie movie, I think. So like you can watch it with your kids and I did. Um, 
But yeah, I don't, yeah, they're, I don't know that they were, they watched it with me while playing their switches and like looking up and down. I don't think they were entertained either. So yeah, I don't know that who that's for now. I don't doubt that this isn't going to be like some weird, sick fantasy kind of like army of darknesses with our generation where like there's some 12 year old who like saw this at a sleepover and they're like, Oh, <laughs> you see this weird movie. This is like the greatest movie ever. And there's going to be like special editions released for years to come. But I don't know. It's bad, man. It's just, it's bad acting with a terrible plot. And then, you know, what's funny is you kind of mentioned like you don't mind like the weird color and stuff. There are scenes where the budget is clearly so not there. Like when they go to Hollywood that they get in a car and they're driving down and they literally cut to crudely drawn animation stills of like people, the, the downtown of LA, like it jarringly cuts only in this scene to just animation with the characters driving over it. It's bad. Really? Yeah, it's awful. Wow. Huh. It's bad. So I recommend people watch it because it's just so, I don't know. You need to experience it for yourself. I can't say it's good. I didn't hate it. Um, I just kind of don't know how we got here. <laughs> and that's the impressiveness of it all is really in my recommendation there in my pick. So how about you? I hope you have something better than I did. Uh, well, I, I'm just trying to think, I'm trying to think of like some uh, mainstay rock icon that could direct like a leave it to beaver reboot or something like that. I'm sure Marilyn Manson's up for it. Once he uh, oh, avoids the jail. Ooh, sentence. That would be, oof. that would be a rough movie. He'd probably rename it to nothing but beaver. <laughs> Uh, so my pick, I guess, is uh what everybody else is talking about mm -hmm. right now. It's the uh, biggest show Netflix has ever done. I mean, they've done uh, a lot of shows. They've done a lot of shows. This has broken all the records. Mm. It's the most watched thing, which is sad. I think it's incredibly sad that this is again just right back to the well of. Let's listen to the story of a serial killer. And uh, yeah, this is the story of Jeffrey Dahmer. And I watched all of it because it's compelling. I mean, we'll is it supposed that. to follow like him becoming a monster he was? Like, how early does this start? Like, yeah, it's it jumps all over the place. Okay. So the very first story is basically how he got caught and all of that. Um, and then it just jumps around his whole life. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's well acted and the story's good and it's really compelling because that's what these are, you know, it's just whatever the human condition <laughs> is to like, be like, Ooh, this is intriguing. Whatever. Is this guy going to end up in like a Norman Bates situation where he can't shake this role down? This actor who's, oh, who's yeah, playing no, it? I, like I haven't even seen. It's, so it's the, uh, the guy that played Quicksilver in the x-men movies okay okay yep yeah it's that guy he's playing the uh jeffrey dahmer and i think yeah it's he's gonna Type be kind of locked into this um which kind of sucks for him i suppose but yeah I, I don't know it's it's all right there's some interesting things about it it's just kind of grimy that like it is so popular and it is just a such a well-known trope of a thing 
and the whole half of the like part of the movie or the part of the show is like talking about how you need to remember the victims and you can't you know they're avoiding like making him popular and yeah while you're evangelizing evangelizing the the sicko yeah yeah and uh half of it's like oh they're they were going to make a movie about him and all this stuff and uh, where was all the money for all this going and where it should go and you should go to the victims and all this and it's like even even the ending they tried to like stick it to be like yeah remember it's all about the victims and these are the people that were around him and blah 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 and Mm. It's like, yeah, but you're Netflix, a huge corporation that made this thing to obviously the draw to the show is to about him. Right. You know? The sick fascination with it. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Do you remember any of it? Like, I, I don't. Really I mean, I remember bits of it. Like, I remember part of the, like, I remember parts of the stories, like the one where he was like, I remember the, the one story that like is effed up where he was like experimenting on one of his victims with like the hole in the head and the acid on the brain. And like the guy yeah. like got out the front door and he convinced like a passing by person that he was just like some mentally handicapped like person. And he was a caretaker. Like I remember that kind of shit, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's the, that's a whole other part of the story where they're always, they're basically beating you over the head that like, yeah, cops are always fucked up. You know, the whole the cop system is screwed up, you know? Right. Uh, which was for, true for that, I guess, but I don't know the part that, uh, really bugged me about it is let's talk about, we were, you were talking about how you can't do an Italian accent mm-hmm. because it's offensive. This guy's got pretty wisconsin accent oh no i hate that midwest bullshit yes um as i oofed it earlier yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i mean it's very much over the top where like oh we don't sound like that it's not as bad as like fargo you know the movie fargo yeah we're super exaggerated yeah uh but you can definitely tell that it's like oh that's a little bit however he's got the same delivery and same tone as one of my favorite uh, comedians, Joe Para, who does Joe Para Talks With You on Adult Swim. One of the greatest comedies ever made. Probably my favorite thing Adult Swim's ever done. And they just canceled it because they're morons. But that guy is, uh, he plays a Midwestern UPR and uh, has the same delivery as this guy. I feel like this Dahmer guy just stole his whole act. And now he's getting popular. Well, the guy that had the original <laughs> delivery for getting forgotten about. Yep. He's getting canceled and forgotten about. And it just sucks because Joe Para, which that's probably my recommendation. That's my pick for this episode is to watch Joe Para talks with you. I think it's on HBO. It is the most positive comedy you could possibly watch. It's like uh, cheering for Dwight Schrute if he wasn't a dumbass. And I, annoying. Say, I don't know that I want to cheer for Dwight Schrute. No, but... so, so he, it's, he's got like the weirdness of D- Dwight Schrute, okay. but he's got the, the positivity of it that you want to, you know, 
you want to be the Jim and Pam. You want them to succeed and all that. Gotcha. And uh, so mundane. It's it's kind of a little ASMR too, but uh, it's not for everybody. But I would recommend it. That's my Joe Paradox with you. Okay. Well, good because I was going to skip your your Dahmer one anyway because. I don't need any more depressing television in my life. My wife is still making me finish what's left of The Walking Dead, and that's about all I can take. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, at least that didn't happen. So, no. Well, yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dun dun dun. If you enjoy our content, head on over to Geekade, where you're going to find podcasts on video games, music, comics, movies, and so much more. And uh, Patreon exclusives like early access to episodes, recording schedules, all available at Geekade.com. What's your geek? Okay, so on to this episode's rental. Uh, we're going to talk about the one, the only Star Tropics on the good old Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, fun fact about this game, which plays into a lot of uh, probably what we'll be talking about, is that this was a Nintendo developed adventure game strictly for North American audiences, developed in Japan. Um, which was kind of an oddity back then. So they really tried to make it appeal to this, the boys and girls of, uh, of North America. There's baseball references. Ooh, every town. Like cola. En- yeah. Every town ends in cola because us fat diabetic North American children love the cola. <laughs> uh, and, uh, basically you are, you were an American boy, um, named Mike, which I don't know why they let you name a character. Cause your character's already named Mike. Uh, who is going to the tropical islands, um, hence the tropics, to try and find your uncle, who I think you've never Dr. met. Jones? Yeah, Doctor Jones. Yeah, you've never. Who's, where's Doctor Jones? <laughs> it is true. I didn't put that together. They really did lean into that. That's another nod. That's going to appeal to Americans. <laughs> Indiana Jones reference uh, to find your estranged uncle, uh, and then adventure ensues. I don't know what year this came out, 87, something like that. Yeah, it was a little bit later, right? Yeah. It was. I guess they made a sequel too, but. So nostalgia wise, I think this is one that if you grew up with the Nintendo era, this game, for whatever reason, was burned into, I think, all most of our minds um, Mm -hmm. and favorably for some reason, um, whether or not we beat it or not, it's another thing. But did you recall playing this as a kid? Yeah, I think I rented it as a kid. I don't think I really got that far overall. Um, I was, I don't know if I really knew at that point the type of like uh, exploring yeah. that this game requires, basically. Yeah. Um, well, and yet it's linear as hell at the same time. Right. I mean, but it, the yeah, exploring sure. comes with the bullshit as we'll get into, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, I would say yeah, it's, it's it's exploring to find the only solution <laughs> to things, or walking around until 
you've exhausted every other option is more of what I would say it goes for. So yeah, I, um, I had fond memories of this game when I started collecting early on for the NES, you know, way back in high school when I was starting to get back into it. This was one game that I, I gravitated towards got early on. Uh, my cousins had it when I was a really little kid. So I remember playing, you know, the opening few segments a few times. Also one of the earlier games to have, well, not earlier, but one of the few games have battery backup. Um, but I think the reason this game sticks in your mind is one, that cover art looks cool. It's pretty unique. Oh, yeah. um, two, any game I feel like in that era, especially on the NES that could do the giant exploration, like overworld plus went into villages and then like dove into dungeons, but did it in a way that was more accessible. I would say to most kids than Legend of Zelda two. Um, oh yeah. And the dungeons looked a lot better. The sprites were very clear, very big um, sprite. Yeah. And they, they really did. You could tell, try to keep the dungeon pieces feeling as much like the first top down legend of Zelda as they could. Um, yep. kind of mashing up that overworld from two. So like it, it, it was a game that stood out so much because of its execution and the way that you explored um, and the diving in and out from the map and going into dungeons. Like that was pretty cool back then. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of games did it well. <clears throat> and the Island stuff, just going to different islands. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this game you can tell is very much catered to feel like an adventure. You are yep. a kid going on a journey and that's really where they put the emphasis probably when they should have been putting it more so on making the deeper gameplay fun. Cause the exploration <laughs> and the story in this game is great where it breaks down is really in the dungeons because I would argue that while the gameplay is somewhat tight, it is not fun. I feel like the dungeons, like especially the further I got into the game, the more I just dreaded them because they were the part that slowed mm-hmm. me down from progressing. Um, so it's a weird game because you get into like the top down Zelda areas and you're armed with like a yo-yo, right? Or the star as they call it um, to find your uncle, but you can't jump onto blocks. So like you don't have like an actual jump button unless you're jumping over gaps or onto blocks. So every room just turns into this, like either kill all the things or jump on all the boxes to find the way forward, which is slow and it's tedious and it's super repetitive. Um, and then you get additional magic items that you have to use from the start menu. And then the game loves to rely on exploration through bullshit. And what do I mean by that? I mean, old school bullshit where it's unmarked passages in walls. It's using random items that aren't well, I, granted, I didn't have an ex, uh, instruction manual with me. Random items that aren't explained to you that need to be used in certain situations to unveil things that are not there to the naked eye to progress. And that, that was fairly common back in those days. So I can't be too upset about it. But these days, like, that stuff sucks. Yeah. So while playing this, my thought was, do you think this was the number one moneymaker at the Nintendo hotline? Hmm. It had to be up there, right? How many kids called in for that code? Oh, it yeah. It had well, to be. Which, if, if the listeners aren't aware, there's a, a segment in the, the 
the game where you have to put a number in in your submarine to progress. Find your uncle. Which was on uncle. The, yeah, it was a physical piece of paper that was in the game in the in the. It was separate from the manual. Separate from I the think, manual. Yep. That you had to drench in water to reveal hidden ink to give you the to code. Get that number. <laughs> yes. And we thought when we were kids that the, that screenshot for Meryl in the back of Metal Gear Solid was bullshit. <laughs> like Star Tropics was like three more layers of shit on top of that. Yeah. The, that had to be a rental thing, right? Where they were trying to. Yeah. Maybe that that's a good point. Maybe that like, was it. The, they stonewalled it. So the kids would, but would you, if you were that frustrated, go buy it so you could find out, yeah. I mean, this that, is, yeah, that's kind of a bullshit it's thing. It's the perfect to be like, like playground. Like, did you know that it's this thing? You know, like it's that kind of stuff that it'd be like playground chat. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're to complete your your progress at one point in this game is completely dependent on a physical letter that would have come with your original purchase as a kid, and you would have had to know through a in-game hint that you're supposed to dunk it in water, and plus. Who's gonna, like, who would do that as a kid? Like, could you imagine like running over your game and throwing it in a bowl of water in front of your parents? They'd kill you. Uh, yeah, it's real. It's real dumb. Yep. And that's that's just the beginning. I mean, there's a lot of this game where. Man, that that ghost grave, there's a graveyard mm-hmm. where you have to drain a swamp. Um, And it is like a Mar- it's it's like a Mario ghost house, but way less fun. Yep. You got to all the 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 secret exits are just exits out and you have to restart it. And uh took me a long time to just see a little little bit of kicked up dirt next to one of these slugs to be like, "Oh, there's a door over there." Yeah. And then it just turns into a whole other thing where you're like, "I I didn't know what's what's hitting me. I don't know what I'm doing." Well, and then you find out that you need the magic wand to reveal that there's things that are hitting you that you can't see and then kill the, and then you have to know that you can kill things outside of the plane of the game yeah, in, the wall. in the wall. Like, it's so stupid. It breaks so many like logic things in your head. Yeah. Uh, and then I think what the frustrating part is from there is like that, that ghost thing is like the epitome of their puzzles and and level design for probably three quarters of the game. Yeah. And then they kind of start doing some fun variables way too late in the game, like a power up that will randomly let you jump twice as far or the fucking awesome boots that let you like karate kill everything in like one hit, but it's only there (laughs) once. So they start getting into these things where they could be layering it and making like really dynamic, interesting puzzles that don't have to rely on like dumb crap. But they don't, and they introduce it so no. late that they never capitalize on it. Yep. They keep putting ghosts in, and then, I mean, the button thing never goes away. It's, that's the core mechanic of this game. Yes. Is you jump on these boxes to reveal a button, and then you figure out a way to get to that button to open a door. That's yeah, basically the, what this game is. And the lesson is never trust the button, because don't assume that the button you got that opened something is the way you actually need to go. Jump <laughs> yeah. on everything else and then kill everything in the room until you're given like four options on how to proceed and then yep. hope to God it's the right one. And if you're playing an original <laughs> hardware and you don't have rewind, that's going to suck. Oh, man, yeah. I can't even imagine how long this game is without rewind, because there's there's a few rooms where you go in the room and it's just, oh, you're in water, you're dead. Yeah. 
Yeah. You just, you just Insta death room. That's right. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. I was so mad about other things, but yeah, multiple times it leads you to imminent death. And then I love to, um, it's funny because, you know, they made this for North American audiences and, and Nintendo of America and Nintendo at the time were so hell bent on censorship. Like devil world couldn't come over to the U S because it had upside down crosses like Christian iconography. Uh, what's the word? Iconography. Iconography. Iconogra- yep. There you go. Ryan's stupid. That's the lesson for today, but they couldn't bring that over. But this entire game they constantly reference the Southern cross. And then I don't know what that means, but I think it means the upside down cross symbol because that's in every dungeon pretty much. And oftentimes a upside down or tilted cross leads you in the direction of a secret passage. Oh, okay. So I never found the correlation between all those. Yeah. And then there's the one um, dungeon where I sent you the screenshot because that is Somebody designed and drew a cock and balls and that penis tip points you to an invisible tunnel. <laughs> I And you can say what you want. Maybe it was just weird coincidental design, but it's the only thing that looks like a dick in that entire game. And it happens to have a secret behind it. So I think Other somebody the bananas. Yes. Yeah. Somebody. Yes, that's true. Somebody had a good laugh about that. It's just weird. Yep. I just like all the upside down crosses that had to have you guys. There had to have been complaints, you know, where parents are walking in like, why is there an upside down cross it, in my yeah. kid's game? Because it's in there all the time. Yep. It's weird. Yeah. Every every few screens seemed like it was there. Huh. Yeah. But I mean, so the what? Oh, go ahead. The part that broke me, mm-hmm. where I was almost done, um, was the whale. When you get in the whale, yeah, and uh, there's a mechanic in you, that you have a submarine in this whale. The mm-hmm. ju- must be a big fucking whale, but uh, huge. You can you can uh, take your submarine underwater at these specified points, mm-hmm. which are indicated by slightly different color water. Yep, that transport you to a different place. Mm-hmm. So you've you know navigate this gigantic maze in this whale's stomach. See where finally see where you need to go. Mm-hmm. You see, there's a you know a uh, darker blue thing in that pool. Uh-huh. So you're like, okay, there's got to be a way in there. Yep, there is. You pick every, you try every single one. I tried every single <laughs> order. I'm like, okay, this is there's something not right. And then wait, yeah, there's. Did you try running into the random wall that you went to the suspected that you can just drive through? Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, once you get out of the submarine, you can see where some secret things are or something like that. I Yeah. Yeah, it indicates oh it on the gosh. back side. Yep. I went through every portal in that. And then finally, I was like, this game's so dumb. I'm like, I'm like, this can't be it. And I just hit left. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. All I had to do was <laughs> run into the wall the whole time. So pissed. Yeah, I did. Well, the- I spent about an hour in there trying to figure yes. that out. That was, uh, uh, and that I distinctly remember being hung up on in other playthroughs. I don't know that I ever got past that or if I did maybe once. Cause like I yeah. have vague memories, but yeah, that's some BS. But yeah, I mean, as far as the adventure goes, it's quite the story. You start off on the little Island. Everyone's Aboriginal, which is weird in these tropical things, but they have like submarines and 
know how to re- well maybe they don't all have <laughs> submarines but they know how to repair yours which is weird yeah. <laughs> they don't have shirts but they can fix a sub um so yeah like you mentioned you go inside a whale you rescue a dolphin you're sent uh get a fortune teller's globe you uh dress up as a lady yes you do you're yeah in drag before link made it cool um you go into some underwater sequences through passages you um play a piano to make which by the way i never figured out that hint or how to make that i just lucked into it whatever uh you make a you do the whole like uh, goonies thing where you know you're just moving the old which one came out first Goonies, Goonies had to, right? Yeah. So I think they leaned into that, like pirates and pirate ship. <clears throat> so you do the Straight whole Goonies the scenario, camp, yeah. which that's like one of the shortest chapters in the game. Like, yep. you, you get a worm for a bird, which I'm pretty sure toucans don't like to eat worms, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, And then from there, you just explore your way into an alien spaceship for some reason. Um. You find your the game own. gets hard as balls. Yeah. Well, the part I liked is where you finally find your long lost uncle. He thanks you and he's too chicken shit to help you at all. So he allows like the eight year old boy to just continue <laughs> yep. fighting. the. Well, you the made it alien. this far. Yeah. You're probably going to be fine, Mike. Yeah. And then the alien spaceship happens is the final chapter. And yeah, that for a game that cheap bull crap aside is very manageable. I feel in its difficulty. Um, they really try to take the wind out of your sails in that one particular level in that first level in the, in the alien spaceship. And then after that, it kind of goes back to, I don't know, no manageable, I guess. So it's weird. Yeah. Uh, it kind of turns into a bullet hell a little bit. There's a lot more people, uh, throwing bullets around. At that point in the game, I was rewinding a lot just to keep my uh, 11 hearts or whatever for the the uh, oh, yo-yo the that shoots, yeah, yeah. The, the star that shoots all the way across the screen, which makes that this game way more manageable, maybe yes. kind of broken. But uh, that's another thing that they brought over from Zelda. Yeah, it's kind of it's true. As long as your health is high enough, you your normal melee projectile or becomes a projectile and shoots across the screen. So, yeah, yeah. totally aped it. And then, uh, yeah, you fight a xenomorph at the end. Yeah. After you, he transforms from giant floating hands and a head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, I think that that boss fight is maybe the hardest one. Because everything kind of has a pattern except that one. He just like yeah. randomly hops around. the The play area is like three screens, so he's constantly bopping in and out of screens. It was nice that they did like the generous lead up to the final boss, though, where you can sit there and farm those enemies over and over again mm-hmm. and get all your lives back or your hearts back. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, after you take out the alien Zoda. You crash back to Earth and everything is good. Get some beautiful credits. I thought that was amazing. Like all the uh, sprite, the the pixel artwork of kind of your whole journey. Yeah. Well, and let's not really forget cool. that you collected three cubes and you unleashed a 
the last remaining vampiric children from a forgotten, <laughs> forgotten planet on the other side of the galaxy. So you've just doomed Earth. But good job, Mike. <laughs> they all look normal. Like they all look like kind of happy elves. And then you're like, oh shit. Elves, yeah. yeah, that one to the right is definitely a deranged vampire. Like, look at him. <laughs> one of like, them is good. <laughs> Why were you guys in this cube? <laughs> How come you're only outside when the sun's under your cloud cover? Is this twilight? Yeah. But yeah, I would yeah. agree that ending sequence. Yeah. is like a whole, like almost storybook recap of, of your whole adventure, which as we see on your screen right here, you've got Mike with yeah. the bananas in bananas. his ears or you with your bananas in your ears. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so. My biggest complaint, I think, that would made this game oh so much better would be the control of Mike in the dungeons. Mm -hmm. Every time you change directions, it seems like that's an input of a frame. And if they would just skip that part, if I if I'm going left and I press up, I want to be going up immediately. Mm-hmm. And there's too much lag in between that. And that, oh man, that was yeah, constantly getting hit because you're not anticipating that slow of movement. Yeah, it's 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 one of those games when you've played a lot of other like snappy NES games like a Mario. You do feel like you're getting like random hits that you feel like you should have been able to avoid. But yeah, yep. it's that whole thing. Yeah, I would say that. I would say, I would say the like level design, like the the puzzle elements, just needed a little bit more thoughtfulness and less of the mystery bullcrap. Which I suppose they probably did impart to like, well, you know, boost difficulty, but also because like. Maybe that's what they were going for in their head, right? Like this is Indiana Jones or the Goonies. This is, this is things that are not there. You're not supposed to see them, right? It's supposed to be the discovery. Yeah. And, but all it really does is kind of take away from and slow down what overall is a pretty cool concept for a game and just makes you really frustrated at times. Yeah. I, I, Nintendo Power would have been really good for this game. Yeah. yeah. Do you suppose they did a walkthrough at some point? They would have had to, you'd think. They probably right? did a player's guide for this, yeah. right? Yeah. I would hope so. <clears throat> oh. I they should make another one of these. Like they should. It's got such a good vibe. I know it's like American only, so Japan doesn't care about it, but it'd be cool. It would be really cool. Well, there is the sequel. Maybe we'll have to tackle that in a future rental. Yeah. I'm going to have to install that on something with a rewind feature. I have a feeling. <laughs> what if uh wind waker was a star tropics game? I can see it. That could have, I think you're right. Yeah. What if he wakes up at the end and he's got brown hair and everybody calls him Mike. <laughs> yeah. He's going to yo-yo. It's actually tingle. He's like, <laughs> Yeah, and instead of a talking ship, it's just like there's a Rob the Robot on your ship that was talking to you the whole time. <laughs> He's well, got red hair. He's the king of red lines. <laughs> so having gone through the whole thing, what would you give this thing on the Byron Burn scale? 
I I would buy this game. I I do enjoy the base gameplay of finding the button. It was something different than just a straight up action game. Sure. It's like, okay, I'm doing the Zelda dungeon thing, but I also have to do something at the same time, which kind of make it made it really intriguing. Um there's a lot of bullshit in that game that I I don't know why they did it that way. Like yeah. for me, I just feel like they just they call the hotline if you need help. But uh <laughs> overall I, I would say I had a lot of fun with this game. I love its vibe. And uh hey, they made the <laughs> they did it. Japan made uh <laughs> A basic like, oh, these Americans are gonna love this. Know what America like, wants? Yep. yep, they knew it. I'm, I'm. Just call me Mr. Mike Jones. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm with you. Um, nostalgia played heavily into me uh, early on with this game, but um, it's really the story that kind of kept me going. I would, I would definitely buy this one because I did like the adventure. Like I said, you get frustrated, but there wasn't a time when. I put this game down and didn't want to pick it back up the next day. Um, I think I played it over like three sessions. Um, and you, yeah, you get there and you get frustrated and you put it down and you walk away because there's dumb crap. But so did virtually every game on the Nintendo. Yeah. Um, so the fact that like, I just want to see what was going to happen next in this story, just kind of the way that it all unfolds. And I love how literal, like on the head, they go with the t- title too. Like you go to the stars and fight aliens and you're in the tropics. <laughs> the it's tropics. Like, yeah. Well, you guys really tried it in this one. It's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love it. I'd, I'd give it a buy. Um, that's It's a good game. It's, it's a good, well thought out adventure. It has problems, yep. but it's hard not to like it. Yep. Agreed. Hopefully we explained it and did it some justice and hopefully you listeners out there have some opinions. Let us know what you think about this game um, and what you would give it and play it. If you haven't give it a, give it a fair shake. It's on the Nintendo online. Uh, if you got that, it's on the NES class. Don't be ashamed to use rewind because we did. Yeah, definitely do it. Um, and you can emulate this thing anywhere. So no excuse not to try it. I think that might be an episode. What do you think? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like uh, Ryan said, you got some uh, opinions on Star Tropics. We'd love to hear them. You can email us at weekendrentalpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter. You can find us there. Uh, definitely send us a question, just like we got one in this episode. Um, shout out to the R3 podcast for sending that over. And uh, that's going to do it. So. Be kind. Rewind. Iconography. I can say it. Bananas in your ears. Oh, man. That was a perfect bananas episode. I blew it. (laughs) 